Are you ready for the word? I guess it's time to knock the rust off, so all right. Actually, uh, I'm going to kick off a new series today, and the series is going to be called Dreamers. Dreamers. I would be willing to bet everyone here in this room uh, can say that at some point throughout your life, maybe now, maybe in your past, that you've had big dreams. You've had high hopes. You've had things that you feel like are aspirations or desires that are deep in you that are meant to bring something great in your life. What if I were to tell you that that's actually part of God's design for us. That's part of what he does in every one of our lives. One of the things that Katie and I were able to do while we were away in just our talks and conversations is we were able to uh, reconnect, I would say, with some of our dreams. We've always been dreamers, frankly, even when we were young and just got engaged and early in our marriage before kids, we always talked about our dreams together, the things that we were believing for. We would even write down dream boards and make plans, and we'd talk about them, and we'd pray over them, and it was always exciting and invigorating. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but when you think about and dream about the things that could be, that might be, that God might have for your future, uh, it brings a passion and a fire in you. I think that's good, and I think that's healthy. In fact, I think in our world, it could be said that we need more dreamers. We need more people seeing lofty things to the heavens, reaching for the things that God would want to do in and through their lives. I know a lot of people would hear things from the world that might suggest to them, hey, dreamer, get your head out of the clouds. Come down to reality. Let's be practical. You're not talking about real life here. Now, I want to be clear. What I'm talking about are dreams and desires that have action, not things that are empty. I, I think we've got enough ideas floating around in the world without follow-through and without action. Would you agree with me on that? That's not what I'm talking about. In fact, part of my background and some of my business ventures dealt with product development. And I learned along the years that there are no, there's no shortage of great ideas. There really isn't. They're all over the place. But it's very rare to find individuals who can take those great ideas and actually bring them to fruition, to actually translate them into something of value that makes a difference in people's lives. So let me say this to you today. Dreams and desires that God would give us, they have a life cycle. They have a growth cycle. I would say that there are you know, this early stages of conception where God puts desires and dreams in us and they begin to take root. But there are seasons of nurturing. There are seasons of maturing. And all these things have to happen before the season of birthing and fulfillment. 
And I just want to encourage you today, wherever you might be, and I'm sure you'll be thinking about that through this sermon, that all of these phases and stages of the life cycle of dreams that God gives us are meant to be a blessing to us. Not just the birthing part. We all love that. We all look forward to that. But all of the stages and phases along the way, they are beautiful in the time as well, and we must see them. You see, I think what I really want to accomplish in my heart with this series is to help us understand that God has dreams for us, desires that he wants to give us. But what's really important as children of God is that we learn how to steward a dream. Hearing me? We learn how, as spiritually mature men and women, how to steward these great responsibilities of dreams and desires that God, they're treasures, they're gifts from heaven that God is putting into us. How do we steward those through the season so that they might come to fulfillment. Because frankly, I also think the world out there may not know it, but they're desperate, and they need people of God to see dreams realized. Amen? Let's go to our Bible in Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. And uh, let's read verse 12. You may have heard this before. This scripture is so rich. It's one verse, and really I've built the whole message today around this one verse. All, every word in scripture is filled with potency, but sometimes we're a little more aware of that than others. Would you agree? And I got to tell you, I have pondered and prayed and meditated over this one verse countless hours over years and years, and it just continues to explode in me every time that I do that. Let's read it together. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yeah, go ahead, read it with me. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Yes, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when a desire comes, it is a tree of life. Let's pray. Lord, we're here today and we're asking you to do a great thing as you do in our lives, that you would fill us up, you would refresh us, you would strengthen us, impart your wisdom to us. I'm asking you, God, that you would begin a work right now that you would stir up dreams and desires in the hearts of your people. Would you use me as I present your word, God, to just accomplish that? Put all my trust in you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Let me read it to you in another translation like this one as well. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the dreams come true at last, 
there is life and joy. So you see, in one translation it says dreams, another translation it says desires. Point number one, if you're taking notes in the message today, is this, God gives dreams. God gives dreams. Now, if you're like me, I don't particularly, uh, at night, when I go to sleep, I don't dream a lot. Every now and then I do, but I don't dream a lot. I know some people dream a lot. Uh, and I know God does speak through dreams, but let's just face it, some dreams are flat out weird. Aren't they? You know, I mean, just the strangest things, and you wake up and you're like, man, what was that about, you know? I mean, don't waste your time trying to decipher that one. Just some strange stuff. That, that's not what I'm talking about here. Dreams, desires that I'm speaking about, they're much more significant than that. In fact, David in the Psalms refers to him this way. I love this phrase. He says that they're desires of the heart, of the heart. You see, a, a dream uh, might be something more intellectual. It might be a thought that passes through the mind. But what I'm really talking about when I say dreaming with God and when I talk about desires, I'm talking about something heavenly that God actually puts in the soul of a person that gets down in your heart. It's deeper. It's different. It's much more significant. And we are meant to dream with God. We are meant to receive things from him that burn like passion and drive us in a direction toward the purposes and things that God might have for our lives. Let me say this. We all have gifts, talents, and abilities, correct, that God's put in us. You look at gifts and talents that are in you. You combine those with dreams and desires in your heart, and they start to bring direction and shape to the purpose and calling overall that God has for your life. These desires and dreams are important. They're meant to produce something in our lives as we walk with God, and we need to know how to receive and how to steward them. Sometimes they come to us in these grandiose major moments, like this epiphany. It happens. Right? I would say Joseph had a moment like that. His vision of leading and ruling, though he didn't handle it well in the beginning, still nonetheless, it was a major moment that gave great indication about his future many years out. It was big when it hit him. There are times like that. But there are times, I think, when God deposits these desires and these dreams down in our heart. And frankly, when I look back, I'm not exactly sure where the moment of conception might have been. For example, when I was a little kid, I remember always wanting to lead people. I, it was just something about leadership that fascinated me. I wasn't connecting with it at the time, like this is a desire from God, this is part of my future. I just was drawn to it. Anytime we would play a game, or we would organize an event with our friends, I saw through the lens of how leadership was needed, and I wanted to be in that position. It was in me. My younger siblings, they might tell you that it was actually a little bit more like bossiness at the time, but I don't think that they're right about that. 
But if that be the case, that means there are probably some desires and some dreams that are already resident in you right now. And there are probably some that God will drop in there in the seasons ahead. So a question I would ask you is to ask yourself, is my, is my heart ripe for a new deposit? Am I, is my heart in the right place to receive some of these new deposits of desires, dreams that God might, God might want to give me for future seasons of my life? But I must hit on this. I must hit on something that's so important when we talk about dreams and desires. We got to know that not all desires are from God. Come on. We got we to come to grips with that. Right? Not all dreams are from God. You see, I'm, I'm not speaking about some glorified humanistic ideology, anything we think can be. I, I don't have time for that. That doesn't connect in Scripture for me. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about dreams that come from God, desires in the heart that He puts there. But Scripture makes it emphatically clear that there are desires that we can be caught up into that frankly do not come from God. I remember one time, and if I've told this story, if you've heard it before, uh, I apologize. I know I have told it once or twice. In fact, I sat under Pastor Rick's preaching for about 15 years, uh, and there were four or five stories I promise I heard at least 15 times. <laughs> but they were good stories, and I laughed every time, and they made the point. So on that note, a <laughs> number of years ago, Katie and I are asleep at night in our bed, and uh, it was one of those rare occasions where I began to have a dream. And in this dream, I was back in junior high. And I was in the hallway at junior high. You remember the lockers, Mike, those lockers that were your top locker? And everybody wanted the top locker. If you had the lower, like, ah. And so anyway, I was at the locker in junior high in the hallway. And uh, this guy comes up that I knew. I hadn't seen him in years. Uh, and he just starts attacking me in the hallway in front of my locker. And he pins me against the locker. And it's like fight or flight. I, I gotta, I'm going to die or I've got to fight, right? And so I go at this guy, and I manage to flip him over on his back and get on top of him, and I thought, I've got to end this thing. And so I went to stick my thumbs into his eye sockets and his eyeballs because I figured that would probably end it, right? And just as I'm getting ready to shove my thumbs into his eye sockets, there's this brutal scream. And it jolts me, and I wake up, and I look down, and I'm on top of Katie, and I have her by the neck. 30 more seconds, she'd be walking around like this today. No joke. You guys are like, Pastor's crazy, man. Okay. But the point of that story is not all dreams are from God. I'd say that's proof enough right there. Look, Paul tells us in Philippians that, look, there are, there are desires that you're going to have that are nothing more than selfish ambitions and pursuits, and they will lead you astray. Things that we want for us, that we might fool ourselves or kid ourselves, are dreams and desires, but really they're just selfish ambitions and motivations. We know that he also talks about in Galatians that there are lusts or desires of the flesh. 
cravings of the flesh that will tempt you, try to lure you away, and those things are at war against what the Spirit wants to do in you. We see all these things that are contrary. We also see, you remember the story with the children of Israel, when they were going through the desert, God had provided manna for them, and they reached a point of dissatisfaction, and they started demanding meat. You remember that? And they began to have, as I would phrase it, unhealthy desires or desires of their flesh. Let me show that one to you because I think this makes a really good point we need to see. Numbers 11, chapter 11, verse 4. It says, The mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. I could also say it this way. They gave in to their intense fleshly desires. So the children of Israel wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? So they're craving it, they're desiring it. A number of verses later in this chapter, uh, the Lord says, okay, I'm going to let you have what you, what you think you need. But watch what, what occurs, verse 33. While the meat was still between their teeth before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people, and the Lord struck the people with a very great plague. So he called the name of that place Kibroth Hataava because they had buried the people who had yielded to craving there. So here's what happened. They filled themselves with their own desires. You get that? And it brought destruction. So when we attempt to fill ourselves and aim our lives in the direction of, invest ourselves in our own selfish desires or cravings and lust of the flesh, folks, it will always bring levels of increasing destruction in our lives if we keep trying to walk that out. We see that. We, children of God, who are meant to receive dreams and desires that God wants to bring to pass, listen, we are tasked with discerning the difference. You hear me? Say, some are from God, some aren't. We are tasked with discerning the difference. Say, oh, how do I do that? Well, I actually think that the answer is not so complicated. The walking it out part may be a little bit different. But the answer, how do I know what's from God and what's not? I would just answer, the Holy Spirit will tell you. That's part of what he says he'll do. Does Jesus not say the helper will be a guide? He's a perfect guide. He's the best guide. And what does a guide do? He leads you or guides you down the right path, but it is also true that a guide keeps you away from the wrong path. Now, this, of course, requires intimacy and closeness and a fellowship and walk with the Holy Spirit that we need to be cultivating to hear and discern, but what I'm trying to just say to us right now in this particular part of the message is we must discern the difference because some things are going to come at us are from God and some things are going to come at us that aren't. And the enemy would love to try to get those things 
to take root in us and begin to grow and produce the unhealthy things that they're intended to produce instead of the dreams and desires that God would have for us. Following me? That's a pretty good point, Pastor. That's a pretty good point. Right. So that was point number one, is that God gives dreams. Point number two is God's never late. Let's go back to our verse. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. God's never late. So I've studied this and I've thought a lot about it. And here's the conclusion that I've come to. Hope deferred. Have you ever had, let me ask you this first. Have you ever been going somewhere and you're, you think you're going to be on time and then all of a sudden something happens, uh, tire pops, kids forgot their shoes, whatever, and now you are unexpectedly delayed? Anybody? Ah. What you had planned failed to happen. Have you ever had a dream or a desire in your heart you believe that God put in there? That you came to a point where you're like, this thing's never going to happen. This thing's taken forever. There is an unnecessary delay. Maybe, maybe this thing's just over. Anybody, if you're honest, have anybody ever felt that before? I think that's a very real feeling a lot of people I've talked to have been through. Let me encourage you today. Hope deferred implies unnecessary delay. It implies imperfect timing. Now, I want you to think about this with me. Is God ever imperfect in his timing? So theological point. If we feel like it's taking too long or it's being unnecessarily delayed, it cannot be because something has happened that's messed God up in his perfect timing. But we've been there, haven't we? And this happens. We know Peter tells us that God is not slack in accomplishing or slow in accomplishing any of his promises. So we've got to get grounded on that. If we feel like it's delayed or it's taking too long, the problem is not that God is making a mistake or messing up. Perhaps the issue is just with how we're stewarding it. <laughs> Perhaps we're, in our mind, we're in a season or want to be in a season that we're not actually in right now. And it's causing us to think things are unnecessarily being delayed. You see, there's a direct connection with a desire and a dream that would come from God that he would put in you. There's a direct connection with that and its ability and God's intention for it to come true. God's not a gambler. Yeah, let's throw some in and see what sticks. God puts it in you. He is absolutely intending and able to bring that thing to pass. He is not worried that he might miss something or get tripped up and delayed in the process of bringing it along in our lives. It's our part we have to think about. How we carry it. How we steward it. If we feel like we're in an unnecessarily, unnecessary delay, we've got to step back 
and put our faith and trust and remind ourselves, no, we serve a God with perfect timing. I've got to reevaluate this thing and what's going on so that I don't become disappointed and start to get into a downward spiral and, and not be able to carry this thing the rest of the way. We can't give up. That's what these deferred and delayed seasons can do. Look, frankly, there are times where we come to points where it seems like setback, it seems like delay, and it's simply a point where God is wanting to strengthen us. He's wanting to do some maturing in us so that we're actually ready to steward this thing when it gets to the birthing stage. You see, from conception to birth, this gap in the middle is all about a strengthening and maturing in us so that we're ready and prepared to be able to handle what God wants to do, the bigness of what God wants to do in the fulfilling moment. I promise you, if you can't steward it now in the early seasons, you're not ready to steward it later in the increased season that it's going to have. You say, okay, God, bring it on. Strengthen me. Get me ready. Too much is given, much is required. If I can be faithful early, I know I can be trusted to be faithful later. What's really going on here in this thing? Let me show you this. I'm going to draw just kind of a little uh, graph here for you. And let's say that this particular part of the graph represents time. And this part of the graph represents impact for our dream. And we know that we serve a God, hallelujah, Ephesians 3.20, read it in the Amplified, that says, God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can even think or ask or dream for, it says in the Amplified. So let's say this line, this red line, represents the growth cycle and the capacity of impact in God's dream for your life. And this here, at some point out in the seasons ahead that only God knows, represents the fulfillment part of that dream and desire. We go along, and here's what happens. We're walking along with God, loving the, the excitement of this dream, the new thing, what, what we see for our future. And we get somewhere out here, and we feel like God is delaying. God, would you come on? You're taking too long. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think this thing should have happened by now, right? And then that delay, that seemingly delay in our mind starts to create discouragement. It starts to create doubt. We start to lose faith, which is necessary through every stage to see it to completion, our faith. And then what happens is people, you understand that? They settle. They level off. And then they live the rest of their life at a very diminished capacity of what the fullness of that dream was really meant to bring in their lives. Frankly, I think that's tragic. Because the world needs men and women of God ascending into the full levels of completion and fulfillment of the dreams that God has put in them. Because what is implied in the fulfillment of these things 
is not just that you get blessed, it's that all kinds of people in the world around you are getting blessed and impacted by God as well. You understand the responsibility that we carry in stewarding the dream. Oh, these are big, big things. The last point that I want to make is that God never disappoints. God never disappoints. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I think you understand what it means to be heart sick? It means to become drastically ill. It means to be diseased devastated, ultimate level of depression. Now think about that. If a dream was delayed unnecessarily, or if we think that's what's happening, it can cause us to become heart sick. These in our spirits, ill in our spirits. So let me ask you a question. Would the God you know ever do that? So if we are heart sick, can we just acknowledge that God has not brought that upon us? Now, people get to this place. Here's what a heart sick person can begin to think. God has let me down. only thing that that will do is drive you further away. It will drive a wedge between you. Now tell me something. Does that not sound exactly like a tactic somebody has used? The enemy's working on us. He can drive a wedge. If he can make people of God heart sick, then he knows he might be able to kill a dream. Listen to me. God puts a dream in you. He never intends for it to die. Death is not his work. He puts it in you, and you're carrying it. We may get all messed up in our own mind and the way we handle things. Agreed? But God never calls that thing death. God never says it's over. We can get into all kinds of messes and all kinds of bad places, but the story of the gospel Jesus, healing and restoration. And at any moment where that seed, that desire is still in there, it can be turned around. God can turn that thing around because when he looks at it, he says, it's not dead. Not in my eyes, it's not dead. It might be dead to us, but it's not dead to God. Now, I can't tell you if the desires and dreams that you have in your heart, I, I don't know, I can't say that they're from God or not. You've got to settle that. But what I am telling you is that if it is from God, it's not dead. 
I recall a story. Mark 5. Jesus goes to the house of a little girl. This family comes looking for Jesus. The little girl's dying. By the time Jesus gets there, the little girl's dead. He keeps going anyway, even though he knows there's going to be past. He gets there. He says something remarkable that I really, really want you to take in. Because this reveals something very important about the character of Jesus, who he wants to be. He gets there, and he says, the little girl is sleeping. Now, they are all in an uproar over that. Teacher, what are you talking about? She's dead. They think he's calloused, cold-hearted. Can't believe that he would say something like that when they're just starting to grieve. Oh, she's dead. What do you mean? They're indignant with him. Jesus says, no, she's sleeping. He goes up in the little room where she's at, and he has to make everybody else leave because there's nothing but doubt around, and he needs an environment of faith. He goes up, and he goes into the room, and he says these words. He says, Talith kumi, which is translated, little girl, arise. What I see in this story is a situation where something that everyone else in the environment was calling dead, Jesus says, no, she is very much alive because I purpose it so. You see, everybody's ready to have a funeral and they're making plans, and Jesus is ready to have a celebration of life. When we get to a place where the world around us is calling our dreams dead, or the voices in our head are calling our dreams and desires dead, I'm going to encourage you, you've got to listen to the voice that prevails and trumps every voice. It's a voice of life. It's a voice of hope. And if God puts a dream and desire in there, he will say to you in those moments, it's not dead, it's alive. And there might need to be a resurrection, but God can breathe on that thing and bring a new season of freshness in life into what he always intentioned to do in and through us. Hallelujah. And I'll close with this, folks. There's been so many times in my life over the years as I've learned how to steward a dream and carry these things. There's been so many times where when I look at the natural surroundings of the situation of my dream or desire, much like the natural surroundings in this little girl's house, everything natural pointed to she was dead. There have been so many times in my life where I've looked at what I believe God is wanting to do and trying to do, and I see everything natural around me suggest this thing is over. And the only thing that I have had to hold on to is the faith in a God who would never let a dream die if he put it in me to begin with. And that was enough to keep going. And I believe it will be enough for you to keep going. 
as well. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me ask you this before we go. And you don't have to raise your hand. But this, this line, is that you? Have you let go of a dream? Have you let go of a desire? Now, maybe there's things that weren't of God. Sure, we got to let those things go. But is there something in you that you're just certain? God put in there. It's a passion and it's a burden. For whatever reason, and the list is endless, that you might have lost hope. Is it time to have God breathe on that thing fresh today? Is it time to have that dream, that desire stirred back up in you? I'll just pray right now, if that be the case. Father, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, yes, right? Oh, there is faith in this room today. My gosh. Holy Spirit, would you move right now? Wind and flame, blow and kindle right now those deep dreams and desires. Lord Jesus, that you put in there to begin with. Stir them up right now, God. Impart a new measure of faith in them for its fulfillment and completion. And God, give them the wisdom to understand the seasons and the cycles of stewarding a dream. And prepare them, Lord, to steward it well all the way to fulfillment. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'll ask you this one last question. Before you start dreaming with God and God's doing all these things, you've got to know Jesus. You've got to know Him. You've got to have a relationship with Him. He's got to be close and not distant. Our way to God is through the Son. The Bible makes it clear. It's the way, the truth, and the life. If you're here today and you need Jesus Christ, You've never made him your Lord and Savior. You've never surrendered your life to him. You've never confessed in your heart, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God and you died for my sins so that I can be saved. I am lost without you. I need you. God, would you save me? Would you forgive me? And would you come to live on the inside of me? I appeal to you today. Ask God in your heart right now. Lay yourself down. Ask him to fill you with his spirit. And according to his goodness and his grace, not your works, if you mean it in your heart, God will bring his new life into you. And you will be living for eternity in heaven with him after this life. And folks, that is the hope that anchors our soul, that death is not the end, it's not permanent, that in Jesus Christ, we have eternal life in Jesus Christ. We know we are going to live forever and the grave will not hold us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Team, take us out of here today. God bless you. It's Let's great to be back. Let's join the morning. Spring up in the morning.